Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, a blessing to muscle out to Recorded live. A-U-N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life. Pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger lie, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, before we get the show under underway tonight, really quickly, I'd like to have just kind of a moment of silence uh, and, and prayer uh, for the memory of the late Blair Aleska, that's Rose Lear's son who passed away this Sunday. Rose has been a dedicated friend, long-term supporter to cause of freedom and liberty. She's listening on the call tonight. A shout out and a prayer and, 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 and a thoughtful uh, concerning message for uh, the memory of Blair Aleska. Uh, Rose, we're thinking of you, thinking of, of Bill, your husband, and your, your extended family. Uh, in the wake of your son's passing this past Sunday. Thanks, everyone. If you could just have a real quiet, quiet uh, 15 seconds. Okay, amen. Thanks, everyone. Okay. 
You know, Bill Cooper, who leads in this call every week with that taped introduction, talks about promising the world and uh, that we have to wake up and all, all of these things. And this, this flat, earth, flat earth phenomenon uh, really is quite amazing the way it came like a boomerang around the back of us uh, a year, a year and a half ago. We've had a couple of shows on this. Uh, a gentleman last fall, for example, who did all that research up in the mountains of, of, of the Carolinas, and uh, he's on a project right now, or maybe a, a two or three months later, we've got to catch up to him in, in, the, in the Gulf Flats of, of Utah, uh, Salt Flats of Utah. But uh, we are very honored to have two leading lights uh, in, in this flat earth a phenomenon, uh, the research, the activism, and just basic, simple uh, common sense. We're not talking about anything too far out. When you can prove or disprove that the earth is not curved based on simple experiments, that's what catches a lot of us uh, in this thing. And uh, we scratch our heads, but you can't deny that uh, these simple experiments are showing no curvature of the earth. Uh, Mark put together one of the best compendiums uh, YouTube video, director's cut called Flat, Flat Earth Clues. Uh, it's a 12 or 13 segment piece. I'd highly recommend it. The link is in our newsletter tonight uh, uh, for the show. And his link for his website is enclosedworld.com. All of that is in there. He's got a Facebook page, Flat Earth Clue Book. Uh, just type in Mark Sargent. His, his, uh, all of his links are in, in, in the uh, newsletter. Joining us tonight with Mark, uh, kind of tag-teaming this, uh, Patricia Steer, uh, who's also been out there. I haven't uh, run into Patricia, but I'm, uh, Steve has and many other people have. Thank you so much, Patricia, for joining Mark tonight. Mark, by the way, has been on Coast to Coast. You stumble on YouTube, and he's been on every conceivable podcast that's out there. What really is striking that he puts his name and his number and his email address and he responds to the email and he responds to phone calls, which is amazing. As simple as that process is, being transparent, being accountable, being out there. And uh, Mark, I love the way you uh, just put the voiceover to that video. Very thoughtful, a lot of heart, a lot of soul, a lot of good, clean energy. And you put together just a wonderful piece uh, on this subject that really ties a lot of dots together in a very coherent, powerful uh, package. Uh, thank you for coming on, Mark. And thank you very much for that wonderful intro. And thank me. Uh, wow. Thank you, everyone, for having me. You know, Mark, uh, we're 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 all in the same we're all in the same boat here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and. and and what's, I used to laugh and chuckle about these, co these comments about flat earth uh, over the years. And uh, the way your video goes into this, um, it really, really kind of provides a, 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 the, the, the whole spiritual methodology that these controllers really had to get out in front of yeah. in order to keep us spinning, so to speak, not just in this spinning global lie, but spinning in our heads without a solid foundation to stand on so that we can be together in the firmament, look up in the stars and the moon and the sky and, and, and feel that connectedness with that one God concept. 
that we were supposed to be blessed with to receive and share and celebrate just like children of God. And and one of the things you you put in your all of your flatter clue videos is if this truly uh, does get out and we do connect with the truth, uh, a heaven on earth or a new a new reset to our whole civilization could potentially happen for us to treat others better than we would want that we would want to be treated. Yep. The, 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 the concept of humanity being a, 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 a person of service, of helping and serving others, that's the basic foundational uh, truth of our humanity that God has blessed us with. And uh, this flat earth concept or the, or the, the, the way that the, this whole thing is supposed to be aligned and set up by our creator is supposed to give us, I think, that terra firma foundational truth that we can all build upon and come together and unite around. So that's kind Agreed. of my... <laughs> I agree. No, you my, couldn't... Mike covered you, this whole thing. That's fantastic. That, that, was a, that was a great way of framing the whole concept, which is, yeah, it is, this has the potential for a real happy ending. And how many conspiracies can you say that about? Can you say that about? Um, yeah. How many how many conspiracies out, out there are they writing happy folk songs about? Because the flat Earth has hundreds of them at this point. It, it, but at the same time, you know, it is also a long term sinister plan that was involved. Like you mentioned, it took a long time. It took decades to keep this thing built and keep this thing going, starting from the late fifties to early sixties. Uh, and, and this thing was so big that even the powers that be, and I don't care what group you, you pick, whether it's the Illuminati or the Bilderbergs or the yeah. Rothschilds or the Trilaterals, take your pick, right? I don't care what group you're talking about. This is bigger than them. This is bigger than just about everything. So when even those groups didn't know for sure until they had the technology to find it in the, in the 1960s. And when they did, they had a big decision to make, which was, like any, like any group in power, it's like, okay, how can we use it to our advantage and how long can we keep it going? And only recently, I mean, the last couple of years, has it come to light that, yeah, it's running out of steam as far as the illusion goes. Now the cracks are starting to show and the, the, tech, the limited technology was, was released to us by that, you know, uh, the computer technology, high-speed internet, social media, that sort of thing that has either worked against them or was part of the plan to begin with. So, yeah, it could be the beginning of a new golden age, and I don't get ahead of myself here, or it could be the beginning of the tragic disaster finale, because it really could go either way on this, depending on how, how they want to spin it. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping, rooting for a glass half full, but that's, that's how I initially look at it. Yeah, Mark, uh, this has been... Uh, a vision or just I think a lot of us can identify with this, uh, uh, the, the, the cave in, in uh, what, what is it, Aristotle or Plato? You know, I, think the, was, the image of the, I think it was Plato. Plato, okay. You're in this cave, and, and let's say you were born there, and, and there's this source of light that, that is flickering, uh, a candle, whatever it may be. It could be a laser or a candle, but, it, but it's moving and it's flickering. And right. that's the only form of light that we know inside this cave. And we come to conditionally identify with the, not so much the light, but the person who's, or, or the force or whoever's behind the light, moving it left, right, up, and down. Right. And so, uh, but then along comes 
It could be, uh, you know, a- anybody, but let's say it's you. You know, you, you, you discovered this little crack in this other room around the corner and down the hall and down uh, a couple of rocks, and, and there's this crack that you found your way through and out and, and, and discovered that there's an exterior to this cave. And yeah. there's the sun and the moon and the stars and, and, and the birds and the bees, and it, it's yep. wonderful, heavenly sight. To, so to you motivated. The... <laughs> <laughs> to, to use the uh, the Wizard of Oz reference, yes, I was yeah. dumb enough to look behind the curtain. You know, pay no okay. attention to that man behind the curtain. I ignored that. It's like, oh, what, what, who's behind the curtain? I see some ruffling happening there. And <laughs> when I did, for better or for worse, it has led me to you guys right now after, oh, geez, 100 plus, I don't know how many interviews at this point, and all sorts of other fun things that have come along. But, yeah, that's what I, I'm basically trying to dispel the illusion that we all believe as children. Uh, even easier than even easier than Plato's cave. Think of it like this: for those of you who are listening and have never heard this concept before, or or you're just kind of fuzzy with it, children don't believe in lies. But children, as we're all growing up, we believe in everything the grown-ups tell us. That's teachers, that's parents, that's anybody in a position of authority. To the point where uh, the, the, I'm not going to quote too many movies in this one, but the, the we believe the world that is presented to us. If you tell your child that Santa Claus is real, you know, and if you really push it, and they're homeschooled, they're going to think you know Santa Claus is real until they leave homeschool. If you keep them away from other kids and, and other things, unless they look it up on the internet, uh, these are small illusions that that are dispelled as children. But there are bigger illusions out there. And, we, you know, we all know them. You know, governments lie. People in power lie because power corrupts. And when it came to this one, the institution, what I'm saying is the institution of science built up the globe for so many generations, 20 to 25, depending on how you're looking mm-hmm. at it, at least, that when it was found out that it wasn't a globe, they couldn't really even afford to tell anybody. Uh, the, 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 I'll give you a quick religious re- reference for that comparison, sure. which would be, let's say the Catholic Church all of a sudden figured out tomorrow on some papyrus scrolls that the Virgin Mary's name was actually Susan. Would they tell anybody? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, of course yeah. they're not going to tell anybody. It's because it, the, the narrative's gone too long. The, the, there's too many books written. They would have to yeah. redo. It, it's not worth it. You know what? Whether the public doesn't yeah. know won't hurt them. Same thing goes with, with the globe, which is, look, and you guys are going, no, no, this is crazy. This is crazy. Okay. The, the quick way to kind of try to snap you out of your reality is this. You say, I say, it's not a globe. And I say, how do you know it's a globe? And then you come back eventually and say, well, some space program. You know, if you're in America, you're going to say NASA. If you're in Japan, you'll say JAXA, and so on and so on. I go, okay, that's fine. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to lean on one of the space agencies. How did you know before then? How, how can you tell me it's a globe before NASA? You're going, well, that doesn't make sense. I go, oh, yeah, it does, because NASA put the first picture out in 1972. And it's not like we just woke up in 1972 and knew it was a globe. How did you know before NASA, and eventually people are going to people just start scrambling at that point. It's like, uh, ships go over the horizon. I'm going well. HD cameras have pretty much booted that one out the window. What else you got? Uh, uh waxing and waning crescents of the moon, blood moon. I'm going. We can do that in a planetarium now. In, in, in fact, the, the more little things they try to grab onto, the more I point. It's like, look, Hollywood special effects have gotten so refined now, we can intersplice Hollywood movie 
scenes with scenes from NASA, and you would never know the difference. And if you can't know the difference, how do you know which one was real in the first place? And and eventually they they, say, I boil it down to this. Look, there are things you can test and there are things you cannot test. Water is wet, fire burns, you drop something, it falls to the ground, that appears to be gravity. These are all things you can test in your home right now. But when it comes to space and everything that is above commercial airlines, that is something you are told. And you're told this by NASA, who is part of the U.S. military. So unless you have the utmost faith that the United States military or any other military wouldn't lie to you in any capacity, if you're in that camp, then fine. There's not much I can do with you. But yeah. if you're open-minded enough to say, well, yeah, the military has lied in the past about a few things, and so has the government, well, then you might want to look into this as crazy as it sounds. Sorry, that's my, my opening rant. No, and uh, again, for those listening on the call tonight, we don't want to get a, a, ahead of uh, ahead of too many people, but I think most of the people listening have at least probably clicked and run across these flatter videos that are floating around the Internet. Uh, uh, and Mark, uh, your motivation for getting back in the cave and, and shining – you know, the message or sharing this message with all of us that are in this cave is just yeah. very noble of you. Very, uh, you know, it's just, we, we, it, it's just, it takes a real, real courageous spirit to uh, just sort of like come what may. Uh, you know, you, 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 you had this, it's not just a vision and confirmation of the truth, but you, you went through all of these links to put together these videos and go on these uh, interviews and uh, hundreds of these things all over the internet and, and, and to share your spirit, your soul, your message. And we just thank you for what you're doing. I, Hey, I, I am humbled by that barrage of compliments and I don't know if I'm deserving of, of such praise, but at the same time, I, I can tell you this: when I initially did it, yeah, I, I put myself out there because I needed help more than anything. Yeah, I, I had it in my head. I thought I had pretty much opened up something that you, you know you, you get delusional in a way when you're looking at it. Yeah. Like there's no way, there's no yeah. way I could be right. No way this could be correct. I mean, I, I feel like yeah. I'm 99% sure, but I'm not exactly positive. So I just put it out there and I said, prove me wrong. Somebody on the internet shut this thing down so I can get some sleep. And the exact opposite happened where phone calls were almost immediate. And to this day, I have never had an academic. You'd think I'd have some professor from a junior college <laughs> call me up. You know, somebody, somebody. Not even a high school? Not even a high well, school? Yeah, not even a high school. You'd think somebody was teaching some night classes in something <laughs> would have called me up and said, hey, buddy, you screwed this up. You forgot to carry the two and you know a couple other things. You can shut down your YouTube channel now. And it was the exact opposite, where now this is, this is all I do every day. Uh, and you know, getting ready for the national conference coming up in Raleigh, North Carolina in oh, six yeah. weeks, going to a meetup in Los Angeles a uh, week from Saturday. Uh, you know, just got back from Houston with Patricia when we, where we visited NASA. That was fun with a part of the documentary team. They flew out and, and me. this this thing is monstrous, way bigger to where you know I'm looking on the news right now, and I've seen let's see the between it's it's tough it's a tough call who's got the most stories is it the championship athlete from the NBA is it a Grammy nominated rapper 
who, and what scientists are coming out against it? You know, is it the world's greatest physicist, you know, most popular, Neil deGrasse Tyson? It is, is that almost as mainstream as it can get. We're, we're really, really close to the edge of, of breaking this thing wide open. So wow. it's been a heck of a journey so far. Okay, uh, just I don't want to ignore Patricia. I know you're listening, Patricia. Thank you for coming on, and I I, uh, I want to have you just bring your voice into this. And why don't you introduce Patricia, Mark? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you guys have been working together. <laughs> we have been working together for for quite some time. Before I do that, Patricia, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly, and and I've enjoyed listening to you and Fred going back and forth. So. Okay, uh, Patricia Steer, the esteemed, beautiful, and wonderful Patricia Steer. He got into the scene shortly after I did. We exchanged emails really shortly after the clues were formed. She was one of the first people to contact me. And then she started up her own podcast towards the middle end of 2015. I don't remember the exact date. And then uh, we got together and, you know, we, I interviewed her. She interviewed me. And then we started doing a regular show together on her channel, her, her YouTube channel is called Flatters and Other Hot Potatoes. And we started doing a secret show because we were talking so much offline about Flat Earth. You, we immediately clicked in that regard that, <laughs> that we, 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 we were talking literally for hours and hours and hours and hours about nothing but Flat Earth to where all of a sudden we realized, hey, we should be recording this because yeah. we're, wasting, we're wasting a lot of stuff here. So we finally decided to, to put it on air, and she did. She wanted me to do it on video, which is super great because you know I am, I do not consider myself the most attractive man in the world, and she is you know borderline a list looks. So I don't. Uh, anyway, so the point was we we got together, started doing our thing for uh, we do. She's up to 180 shows now on Flatters and other wow. Hoppers, and I think. The two of us have done forty of those, maybe. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. And we've done a whole bunch of stuff together, and it's it's been great. It's just been escalating more and more to where the um, the documentary film team out of Los Angeles that's going to be uh, that they've they've been down to visit her twice in Houston, uh, me twice up in Seattle. They're going to be going down to Raleigh as well. Hopefully, to build a well, what, what, what about this documentary film team? What's going on there? Oh, well, producers have been spinning around this thing for a while. The, the numbers okay. that Flat Earth generates is so compelling from a producer's standpoint. You know, love it or hate yeah. it, it generates a <laughs> lot of hits. I mean, it's polarizing. People, it's, seriously, you could almost, I'm not going to compare it to, you know, some really, really polarizing shows on television that I hate because I don't want to give them too much credit. But we all know who they are. And It's, when, it's kind of like the, uh, the cash me outside girl of the conspiracy world. There you go. <laughs> or or uh, Jersey, like Jersey Shore, you, I, I said I wasn't going to name but I'm going to. Jersey yeah. Shore, okay. there were some characters you liked, but most of them you hated. But either way, right. you were watching. And so producers, I'm sorry, this intro is taking way too long, Patricia. So the, um, uh, so the, the producers uh, were swimming around, swimming around, and some, you know, we, we've done screen tests together, Patricia and I, and then finally this one ponied up and said, you know what, we're going to shoot this thing. And so they came. They flew in from LA and and started doing this. And it's been that's it's been really, really great. And they're only one of of several that's going to cover the national conference. So anyway, with all that in oh, mind, uh, yeah. uh, P- Patricia and I have been very very busy doing this. We're 
pretty much doing flat earth nonstop. And uh, I am proud to have her, uh, to be her co-host on her show. How's that go? Wow. Thank you. We feel doubly honored to have you both on. Patricia, why don't you uh, throw out there, was, was it, give us a chicken and the egg story. Was it Eric Dubay? Was it Mark Sargent or was it you? Uh, who, who was the first first one to get this ball rolling downhill? <laughs> well, for me, for me, I uh, was looking at other things on YouTube, um, different uh-huh. sources of what people call conspiracies. And I was looking at 9-11 and other things as well that might be too controversial to, message, to mention on your show. So I won't. Oh, we're fine. Listen, we, we've covered okay. 9-11. Hundreds of times. All right. So 9-11, Boston bombing, Sandy Hook. I was looking into the validity of all of those things. Are these things as we have been told? And I pretty much, it's almost like I had a mental list. I'm going to go through this one. I'm going to go through this one. And there's lots of different videos from different content providers, people that aren't related or connected. So it's good to watch a lot. It's like reading a lot of different books on the same subject. God bless office. Jim Fetzer. God bless Professor Fetzer. <laughs> and after that, I found the uh, the moon landing. There was a lot of videos oh, yeah. on the moon landing being a hoax. And sure. I looked into that, dug in, and all of a sudden, I a couple of suggested videos. One was Astronauts Gone Wild, and the other one oh, yeah, that's was a good one. Thing <laughs> happened on the way to the moon. And then uh, I don't know how it exactly happened, but a suggested video with Mark Sargent's Flat Earth Clues. And I thought, ooh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and uh, it was an early clue. This was in March of 2015. Very early okay. clue. And I wow. pretty much gobbled that one up um, because they were just standalone videos he was putting out. Yeah. And okay. just was, you know, went and just was waiting for more to come. Literally, yeah. kind of checking and refreshing the computer and with another, with another, I need more. And then in my off time when I wasn't on YouTube, I was walking around real life in a daze, thinking about the things that I'd heard and the mental pictures that they created and looking at the sky and just my whole mind was blown. And uh, of course, I also, aside from waiting for more flutter fruits come out, was looking at other videos people had put out that were also investigating flat earth and I just pretty much feasted on it. It was like a banquet really, not about free food. And it was video after video after video. Some of them were anti flat earth, some were pro and some of the information contradicted each other about the shape and about how everything works. And you know, some were about um, how the science of it works and some were about the religious aspect or the theory of it. And um, it was just mind blowing. Most people in Flat Earth who go through this this journey, they say for a week or so or maybe two weeks, they're not really eating or sleeping very well. They're just focusing. Even their dreams have Flat Earth motifs in them. And that's what happened to me. I'm, I'm really pretty typical in that respect. So Mark Sargent uh, really affected my life deeply with what he put out. And I did end up writing him uh, via email and saying thank you, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah. you know, just because I appreciated this content, never knowing we would ever talk, but I had in the yeah. back of my mind the idea to start a channel. I didn't, I didn't even know how to start a YouTube channel. It, it was something I thought someday I might do, but 
pertaining to other passions of mine. But once mm-hmm. I found out about flat earth, those other passions of mine kind of went by the wayside. I, I still enjoy them, but they're not as important to me. I decided that this event in history, nothing this big had ever happened in my lifetime that I could actually participate in. Uh, you know, you read about things in history books, and there's nothing you can do about various wars or protests or yeah. things like that. But this is happening in real time right now. And so I ended up starting a channel and uh, did a couple of videos, not with Mark, with, the, with another gentleman. Uh, and uh, Mark Sargent appeared in my comment section of my YouTube video saying, great job, keep it up, or something. Very generic. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's Mark Sargent. And, uh, you know, I'd written him. So we ended up talking on the phone for several hours as our first conversation. And then all the things Mark said came into play. But getting a comment from Mark Sargent as a brand new Flat Earth channel, and at that time I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, what I was saying, was, was like a, all of a sudden the heavens opening up in a chorus of angels, ah, singing. And uh, I know other Flat Earthers have said the same thing, that they feel really happy when Mark pops in and makes a comment of encouragement. But yeah, it's all down to Mark Sargent. So I thank him and blame him at the same time for changing my life. <laughs> well, oh, I'm actually God. blushing a little bit from that one. Thank you. The angels, the choir of angels, really. Darn you, Mark Sargent. <laughs> no, it's not the first time I've heard that, believe it or not. <laughs> Most of the time, it's, I can't sleep and sleep. But then again, there's those people that, uh, and I heard people talk about, you You heard this too, Patricia, where after they'd listened to Mike Lewis the first time, they'd listen to him again but just for the ASMR effect, where oh, yeah. you get that, where that sort of soothing thing where you can go to sleep with the clues in your ears. I'm going, man, that is nothing I recommend. You know, it's, it's one thing. You, <laughs> if you're going to do ASMR in your ears, you should do like a cooking recipe or some sort of romance novel. You shouldn't do it with me talking about flat earth. And Lord knows what that's doing to your head. Wait a minute, what is ASMR? What's that? Oh, it is, it is a way of speaking, a way of, of pacing and cadence where, you know, if somebody, you, you, everyone knows this, when you're listening to somebody and they're mm-hmm. talking in a, in a certain way where it's almost hypnotic and you get that little tingly feeling on the back of your neck, yeah. that sort of thing, up at up the back of your neck, that is ASMR. Where... It, it stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And it's supposed to be like some kind of a static electric tingling sensation, like Mark said, that goes yeah. on your scalp and moves down the back of the neck and up the spine. It's not a sexual thing, but a lot of people really enjoy no, it. No, Mark, Mark. I Mark's don't voice, get it. Mark's voice in these videos is so professional and so. Yeah. It's inspiring. Well, <laughs> I mean, you, you, I, you're, like, you're like a close buddy, you know? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, thank you for that. But it, it initially, and I, honestly, there's been a couple of people that said you're you come off as a little Rod Serling. I've gone, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I, I totally get that. But that's what that wasn't what I go, was going for. Even though I own the entire Twilight Zone collection, I, that's not what I was going for. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was, it was just I was just trying. In fact, when I was reading it, I I wouldn't do it all in one take. You know, I just do one paragraph stop, one paragraph stop, so I wouldn't, you know, because I didn't want really that many mistakes, if any, in the clues, and uh, just try to come off as clear with, you know, clear and calm, and honestly, it was mostly that, that tone that I have is mostly from all the years of training, uh, of software training, and high-level stress support that I did, 
the way to, you know, because oh, I had to wow. talk people down from the ledge, you know, people that were oh, ready my God. to God. <laughs> shoot people because of the software was failing. I'd be, I'd be like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll get through this together. You know? But you they, sound and, normal, though. That's the yeah. important thing with this. I am a, I, I'm not, a, you know, when people think of conspiracy people, they think of somebody who lives in their mom's basement or somebody who's like, doesn't have their shirt on hunched over a computer with like Cheetos wrappers and bags surrounding them. And right. I'm a normal woman who's interested in things like fashion and, you know, and cooking and design and decor. And, uh, you know, I like reading. I have cats. I, I'm like a normal person. But there's this part of me that is interested in finding out what's really going on in the world. It's maybe a cynical side of me that always felt that things weren't right, that something was off with this world, something was wrong. And even if I could fit in and blend, I always felt a little bit different and wondered what it was. And hearing a calm, normal voice like Mark yeah. as a first intro to Flat Earth as opposed to something yeah. Screaming, ranting, or raving, yeah, yeah. a broken <laughs> English, or that was a way that appealed to me. Now there are other people who you you find when you're looking into flatters that you stumble across that might be your intro into flatters that have a different approach. And there's different people that appeal to different people, but Mark's approach, you know, was the one that that got me hooked. Although I've listened to pretty much everybody by now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine, mine, I will say this, I will take credit for this. Mine ended up being, for lack of a better term, the dummy's guide to flat earth, which was, if you want the okay. intro, you want it, you want first, if you want to hit somebody with something right off the bat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I recommend other people, but most of the time they'll, they'll recommend me. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't mind being that guy. So now I've kind of, I mean, in fact, I'm having t-shirts done. To where I'm kind of like the flat earth tour guide, you know, when you're on like the, the Disney jungle adventure, I'm that guy yeah. in the boat. No, Mark, I think, I mean, Patty, to your point, or Patricia, to your point, uh, Mark, you don't lose yourself in minutia with these flat earth crew videos. And in fact, you never even address, uh, you know, the minutia of the curvature examples all no. over the world. You know, I mean, well, I, I didn't. It, it, you know, and you're, you're, you're correct in presuming that most people who stumble upon your video probably have been exposed to all that stuff already. No, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to make it uh, unappetizing for the lowest common denominator. I'm Whatever. glad you left that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, well, the curvature, I didn't know, because back then, nobody was even talking about the curvature. So okay. I used okay. almost no math. I just, people said, why didn't you deal with the curvature? I go, because I didn't know. I was literally... Okay covering the map that I was following back then, even though I'm still kind of fond of it, is yeah. the Orlando yeah. Ferguson 1800 and whatever that was, 1830, 18, whatever it was, map, where it was shaped kind of like a roulette table. And then people immediately jumped on me and said, you can't use a roulette table. You have to come up with another term. I'm going, why? They go, because all the numbers on a roulette table add up to 666. I go, really? It's true. So it's like, okay, fine. I won't use a roulette table anymore. But the Orlando Ferguson map had a little bit of a bend to it. You know, it was, it was flat, okay. but it was kind of, it really is shaped like a roulette table. And people would say, no, 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 there's no curve at all. And that's when I started getting into the curve. And oh, then okay. later okay. Going, getting to stuff like the moonlight temperature and getting into other, you know, other things. I covered as much as I could. The closest I ever came to real math was the, um, the flight 
flight routes because you had to go time and distance. But the rest yeah, of it, yeah, yeah, I left I left meth out of it. Yeah, now, now guys, if you haven't seen Mark's, Mark's work and in person, you can chime in. This is really fascinating. In the lower hemisphere of our world, any standard flight-aware GPS tracking mechanism, if a plane takes off from any one of the continents in the lower part of our world, that's, that's the, low, the southern hemisphere, they immediately disappear off of the radar, and there's an estimated blip that, that, that doesn't tell you anything until they come back on land somewhere else around the world. And that, yep. I think that's, Mark, what you're saying is this is all around, not just Africa, not just South America, not just Australia. You track all of this down, down below, right? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it's not just down below. It just turns out that that's where the biggest space is over water. What I'm okay. saying is, and people had to sort of correct me again, this is a work in progress. When I made the clues, okay. I wasn't right. 100% on, on, on this stuff. I was just connecting okay. a bunch of dots. I'm saying, look, I think these dots produce a smiley face. What do you guys think? And what, when it came down to the southern hemisphere, I also noticed in the northern, what we're saying is any flight you take, if you're yeah. heading out over open water and there's no island between you and your destination, no, no population centers of any kind, yeah. your, flight, your flight's going to drop off. And by that, I mean, even if you're going from San Francisco to Hawaii, for example, you know, your United States, anywhere. If you're going anywhere from the United States to Hawaii. Oh, so it drops off in the northern hemisphere, drops too? Off, oh, yeah, yeah. It drops off in the northern hemisphere, too. It's not just – and that's the way it would be because if it's all gr- a ground-based system, okay. Okay, no, the, the radar, the ground radar can only track you so far, and then it goes into approximated or estimated. So, yeah, okay. when I made the clues, I only touched the southern hemisphere because we're talking about the three biggest oceans – the South Pacific, the South Atlantic, okay. and the uh, the Indian. But you can track it also going to Hawaii, and those flights are all the time. You get a, you head out towards out, off of California, your plane blinks off, and then sometime later it blinks back on when it comes when it gets close to Hawaii. And that's the same with, but it's really really pronounced in the Southern Hemisphere because your flight's gone for a long time. Yeah, your yeah, yeah, gone for hours and hours and hours. Now you may see the graphic. You may have people come back to you say, "No, I can see the graphic. It's right there." No, no, no. The graphics there, but if you click on the plane, you will look at the uh, uh, the specs on it, and the latitude and longitude will change from an actual number to approximated or estimated number. And that should not no, be think. not not if it's a global system, not if there's thirty something yeah. satellites with bl- multiple overlapping blanket <laughs> coverage designed by the U.S. Okay. military. When when does the U.S. military design something with gaps? They don't. Remember about three years ago, um, this is the conspiracy I was working into. This is before Flat Earth had the Malaysian Airlines thing when it, uh, right. it, it vanished. Uh, Indian Ocean. Yep, and yep. researchers couldn't find it, and they couldn't find any bodies, and uh, and they 370, and they couldn't, the, the whole thing was finding it on their train oh, yeah. system. They couldn't was- find it. And we, of course, weren't Flat Earthers back then. Uh, 2014, because Flutter, it's always been around, because it's true. But, I mean, it's, uh, it's had this resurgence in 2015. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. The conspiracy world really jumped on, what Patricia was saying, with the Malaysian <laughs> flights, because even without Flutter, we're talking flagships here. These are triple sevens. This is state-of-the-art yeah. in the civilian aircraft yeah. market. How do you lose a state-of-the-art plane? That's fine if it's some busted-up, 707 that's running on its last legs, you know, coming yeah. from wherever it is in Africa. Yeah, fight. You know, I'll, I'll give you that one, but not, you know, I'm, I'm up here in Boeing, you know, Boeing um, 
uh, field and Boeing plant is up here. You know, Boeing's a big pride thing, and you can't tell someone from Boeing that a 777 went down and there was no way of finding it. Come on. There's so many redundancy systems. That's the whole point. And, but only when we got into flat earth did it answer one of those questions. Of course they can't find it because there was no way to track it technically. I mean, they, they wore glasses, but they didn't know the exact details of what So hold on, hold on. Are you telling us, Mark, that today, if you fly over the ocean, you might as well just put a blindfold as a pilot? No, uh, no, not a, not a blindfold. If you keep, okay. What they're basically saying is, just saying, if you, well, we've seen this in movies, you just keep on heading in that direction, and eventually yeah. the, other side will, the other side will pick you up. And that's exactly uh, what they're doing. So the system, that's all they're doing? You know, the, Oh my yeah, that's all they're doing. So the pilots more or less know where they're going, and the, and the pilots will see the blip on their machine. But remember, the GPS system, that's DOD all the way. That was designed by the United States military in the mid-'90s. So the DOD, the, the GPS system, when you're out over open water, it's just to keep the pilots from freaking out. So when they – again, it comes down to that thing. If you just keep flying in that direction – You'll be fine. They don't tell the pilots that, though. It's like, no, no, you're fine. You're good all the way. What the pilots don't know is when they're up there, they're not good all the way. So like when Malaysia decided it was going to auger itself into the ocean, you know, the pilots are going, oh, well, they got us. It's no worries. You know, you know kind of like um, uh, when Tom Hanks went down in uh, yeah. Castaway, right? You know, that, that plane went down. <laughs> he was gone for years. He should have been dead. Same, same sort of thing here. And I actually mentioned that in one of, in one of my clues, and, which was, look, if you're flying over, over a huge expanse of ocean, the, you're, you're on your own, more or less, yeah. and you're just, play, you're just playing the percentages. Yeah, this is a 99.99 percent. It's still the safest way to travel, of course. But yeah. you don't think for a second that the redundancy systems are, have your back. They don't. Oh, wow. Wow. I know, okay. right? <laughs> All right. Now, now, now. now. Here, here's another just sort of naive question, and, and I don't want to monopolize this, but uh, the, the Antarctic uh, continent yeah. in the flat Earth model is really not a continent. It, it, it's a boundary, right? It's a boundary. Yeah, it's the only yeah. thing that's not shaped like the others. So, uh, so man, mankind manufactured this continent called and called it Antarctica, Yes, and we have and, uh, Admiral Byrd flying and and going on national TV and proclaiming, and you know he had seventy five vessels down there and for months and months and months and uh, yep. and all of a sudden in nineteen fifty six you said the whole friggin' thing came to a complete halt. Yeah, no more yeah. exploration, nothing. Well, think it, think about well, this way. If, but what you said about the I, I hate to interrupt, but I think you said no, that. Uh, Antarctica, something was man-made, a man-made continent. Uh, no, no, meaning, meaning we, we, concept. we, sh- we shaped oh, it. Oh, concept. concept. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm no, like, wait, we should stop. <laughs> no, but no, it's a good point. Yeah, no, we didn't make it. We had no, human civilization had nothing to do with the construction of this in any capacity. And But yeah, mankind had to create in our minds, what Antarctica yeah. looked like, which is why yeah. the first photograph of Earth and the only photograph that was taken from 1972 until two summers ago, 2015, only showed one continent in its entirety, which was Antarctica. It was brilliant. I will give them credit for, for whoever came up with that idea. because oh, they, they wanted to solidify that in the collective yep. memory. <laughs> yep. Foremost, it's like it was an American <laughs> Program. Let's not take a picture of North America. No, no, no. Let's take a picture of Antarctica 
which most people don't <laughs> even know anything about. But, yeah, the um, – wow. sorry, what was the initial? Uh, oh, yeah, so Antarctica – so it doesn't look like – if you believe mainstream, then it looks, it's an island continent similar to Australia in, in mm-hmm. size and sort of rough, rough dimensions. But it is, it is by completely different. So, and again, if you're having a hard time visualizing this, think of the UN flag. If you've never seen it before, I'm sure you have. You can look it up. It's really easy. <laughs> With North Pole at the center, every other continent looks pretty much the same. But Antarctica is just this big, monstrous ring around us. And we don't know how far it goes. But it was far enough that it took them... 30 years, the better part of 30 years to figure out its boundaries. And again, not to go off on a quick little rant, but remember this. Even if you were the head of the Illuminati hundreds of years ago, right? Let's say you were the king of France. I'm just throwing that out there. In the 1500s. And you had a map of what the world really looked like. What good would it do you? I mean, you only had wooden ships and horses. You had no technology. So until the internal combustion engine was exploited finally in about 1900, until you could hook up a, an engine to a plane, you couldn't do anything. And really, until the mid-1920s, they didn't have planes that could fly in cold weather. And the second they did, that's what they did, where they went to the North Pole in 1926, Admiral Byrd, and then mm-hmm. from literally from 1928 up until his death in 1957, he was flying, just flying around in Antarctica. How's that for your last 30 years of your life? Just flying around the snow for 30 years looking for this thing to where even they had given up. And in 1954, he goes on television and says, yeah, eh, that place is just made out of money. Let's go down and, and make money. He's basically calling the corporations out. And then he's lost right before his last mission, which was Operation Deep Freeze in 1956. I'm sorry, 1955, 1956, because it was a long mission. And he finds something, something that apparently was so mind-blowingly huge and epic and legendary that all the countries that were down there immediately decided to get off the ice at the same time, form an Antarctic treaty, which locked down Antarctica for all time. It's the only conspiracy to never be broken. And it's still, still to this day, it's not even up for review, not even up for debate until 2041. Finding any other treaty that has never been shattered by, by other countries. And all the countries that are involved don't even, don't even protest it. You know, even if you need the resources, you aren't even allowed to complain to the UN or who, whatever the group is, the Antarctic Treaty Committee, committee to do it, uh, including the major oil and gas companies. Who, who, who's bigger than those guys are? No one. And they cannot even go down there. They're not allowed to set up shop. Does that mean you can't go down to Antarctica? No. You, Fred, tomorrow, could book a flight and go to Antarctica. It cost you about 15000 American, roughly. And you could get your picture taken on the peninsula with penguins. You could ride around in orange rafts and be great photo op. But you think for a second you're going to be able to run amok in the interior? No, not going to happen. <clears throat> okay, question. Real, real quick. Mm-hmm. Has anyone in, in the national media, uh, aviation, <clears throat> talked about a route to, say, go from Australia over Antarctica to get over to South America that much faster. I mean, we do it all the time over the North Pole. We fly over the North Pole. We fly over Greenland. We fly over Alaska. And we, we cut off thousands, you know, hundreds of miles, if not thousands of miles of distance right. by, by, by following that, that routine. 
Have we ever, has any commercial flight ever flown over Antarctica? The rumor is, that's good that you actually ask that question because I, I don't get that question very often. Not up until, the rumor is, is that up until the mid-1970s, there were, there were routes that supposedly skirted Antarctica that, yes, cut some time off like we do now. I mean, you can fly yeah. over the North Pole all day long. If you're flying from North America to the other side, you know, like to Moscow, you're going to be Moscow, going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be taking a shortcut. There should be shortcuts on the South Pole as well. But yeah. then some flight supposedly crashed into an Antarctic mountain in the mid-1970s, and I don't know the number of it. I should have it committed to memory by now, but I don't really get okay. that question very often. And then after that, all Antarctic flight routes were banned forever. And no one ever, you know, military only can only go down there. Now even commercial planes <laughs> can't go down there. And that's, Man, that's, that's their, a red and they, <laughs> and Yeah, and if you look it up on Wikipedia, they say, well, it's too cold. That's one of their excuses. Like, too cold? <laughs> I go when you get up when you get up to a certain altitude, it's already below zero. I mean, if you're flying over yeah. Texas right now, you, it's still negative whatever it is at thirty thousand feet. So don't yeah, you me. touch the window, it's freezing. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. so it's ridiculous. Antarctica. So is, you're saying if we if we had two hundred and fifty people who all agreed to charter a a, a commercial plane, yeah. uh, and 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 we all agreed to meet down say in Australia and we all wanted to fly around the bottom of the earth so to speak to can't South America we can't, can't do, do it, it today no can't do it in fact not only not only can you not do it you can't if you're flying forget about trying to go over the bottom of the, the, the world because that's never going to happen but if you try to fly anywhere from the southern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere like if you're going from South America to Africa or Africa to Australia yeah. blah 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 where where do you go taking those routes 95 or 98% of those routes, the connections are always going north. They're going through weird, weird places. In fact, there's Every almost, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's almost just, yeah. there's a handful of nonstops, just a handful in the entire north, southern hemisphere yeah. to where I had a, a travel agent, a corporate travel agent who worked down in Australia who said that people, people in the southern hemisphere, they don't, they don't talk, you know, you know we don't, we don't talk to a lot of the northern and southern hemisphere. There's not a lot of communication. Yeah. But you, you want to ask, you have friends there. People complain in the southern hemisphere all the time because they could not get nonstop. Didn't matter how much money you had, there were some cities, capital cities, where you could not do nonstops between each other. It's like, look, I've got, I'm a first class passenger. Anywhere else I go, and you're saying I can't get from here to there in a first class seat? Mm-hmm. Like, no, you can't get a, here to there on any seat, not without going through these huge, I mean, double and tripling the lengths. Like like um, going from uh, South America to Africa, it should be like a 12-hour 12, 12 flight, right, or across the, um, the mm-hmm. South Atlantic. There are flights, you could, you know, go ahead and go on TripAdvisor or Priceline or whatever. There are flights that take upwards of the better part of two and a half days to get there because you're, you're going up to Dubai or you're going through, you know, uh, anywhere in Europe or North America. These flights don't make any sense unless you lay it out on a flat map. And if you lay it on a flat map, they become shallow dog legs or straight lines, which is amazing. And I, I challenge anyone to do it, which I did, include seven and include nine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Okay, mind blowing. Uh, guys, tell us about this the conference. Uh, how did this come about? And who, who was the brainchild? And what, why, why uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Steve, is close to you. <laughs> 
Patricia. You want to handle? You want to handle it? It's sold out real quickly, Fred, and uh, uh, it's a great venue, and and they've got quite a uh, uh, two-day November the uh, 10th and 11th. So uh, it's about three hours from me from Charlotte, but uh, it's quite an event. Actually, actually, it's the 9th and the 10th, and. Yeah, yeah you want to talk a little bit about Robbie yeah. and, and who's organizing? Robbie D. Uh, Robbie D. That's Robbie, and then the last name is Davidson, but he goes by Robbie D. Has a channel on YouTube called Celebrate Truth. It's a Christian sure. channel. He goes over lots of other things uh, as well, you know, different conspiracies. And it, the channel has a, it's a very it's a very rich channel. It has a lot of different things that you can look at, not just a one-trick pony, so to speak. Anyway, mm-hmm. Robbie Davidson is the one who came up with the idea. He'd, in his past, done promotional type of things, and he was well-versed in the art of putting together something big, but probably not as big as this conference turned out to be. And anyway, the Celebrate Truth channel is, is, you know, pretty much he's the main person behind it. And, um, yeah, he's a really good speaker, a really good organizer, and really the right man for the job. And he put this together and then contacted a couple of people from the Glado community that he thought would work well together. And fortunately for both Mark and I, we were both kind of shoulder tapped to do that along with some other exceptional people. And we're really excited about it. I mean, I know Mark and I, although we're going separately, we don't live in the same place, but we're both going earlier and we're both staying after it ends by a day or two. So it's just a great opportunity to meet a large amount of people who are interested in exploring the reality of the world we live in as opposed to living inside the matrix. And, you know, Mark and I have met each other in person, and we've both met other people involved in Flat Earth at varying meetups and such, but this is just going to be a whole lot of people in one room. And I imagine that the energy level inside this hotel that we're having it in is going to be off the charts. You know, it's funny. Tonight we're having this call uh, as the Green Bay Packers are playing my Chicago Bears. And the Green Bay Packer fans, and for everyone who knows the Green Bay Packers, you know, they're known as cheeseheads up there. You know, it's a big flathead. <laughs> of cheese. Yeah. Nice. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of the flat earth, flathead, you know, cheesehead. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any official mascot yet or any weird yeah. flat hats. There is, there is a lot of merchandise, though, uh, right okay. now. We've got, we've got, you know, stickers and tons of T-shirts and models and all sorts of illuminated lots of things. Tin, lots of tin foil. <laughs> no, no, Probably no, none. no. I know. No, 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 As a matter of fact, I, I have a funny feeling that when the media gets there, they're going to be somewhat disappointed, which is kind of why the the documentary is, is taken uh, the way it's going right now, because yeah. when they met me, that was when, you know, when, when Daniel pulled me aside, he goes, because I just can't believe how normal you seem. How, you yeah. know, how, but not crazy, not manic, like you're coming down off some prescription high. And I said, yeah, well, that's the case with a lot of us. You I mean, not, not a hundred percent, of course, because it is the conspiracy world, but there are a lot of really great people in the community and it's very, very positive. Uh, I've been to the, the one, the LA meetup I'm going to next week. That'll be my seventh. And every one of them is just high energy high enthusiasm, great, you know, great people with a lot of uh, uh, need for acceptance 
because you know the ninety percent of the flat earth community that's out there is still in the closet, meaning they know they know full well that, that we're you know, we're onto something. But who are they going to tell? Who can they talk to about it? You go to you try to go to your family, your friends, your coworkers. You could get ugly because <laughs> flat earth. Seriously, if you try coming out on anything else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah everyone, it is. Mark, it is Mark, bad. you make such a really, really thoughtful point. Uh, if you're trying to share this, spread this, please never, ever mention the word flat earth. Those two <laughs> words together. Yeah, yeah. Come, Any, come anywhere, fly. anytime, in any way, shape, or form. Do not use. You call it the flat club or the fight club, whatever. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're going to be, club, if you're yeah. part of this. Don't ever mention those two words together. Yeah. Although, although nowadays, I mean, uh, yeah, I did say that two years ago, but nowadays it's kind of tough to avoid it. Okay. Because lots, there's a lot more people that know the term. Okay. And so now it's tough to avoid because eventually if you try to tiptoe your way around it, people are going to call you out and say, wait, are you talking about flatter? And okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I take that back. I see that. Anyway, there's a guy out there, now, Patricia, Mark, you've heard of that D. Marble guy from Tacoma, Washington. You heard of him? We both, yeah. We, we both met D. Marble. Oh, man, is he good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish he was on this call. But anyway, real quickly, he did an experiment, and you, maybe you've seen this, but he had a guy in Yorkshire, England, himself in Tacoma, and, yep. the, and the Yorkshire guy was at, uh, I think it was 9.03 in the evening. He was at well, 105, 105. Whatever. He was at 105 in the afternoon in Tacoma. The Yorkshire guy was 905 in the evening. And the dude yep. in Australia was uh, 605 in the morning. Right. And if you look at the globe model, there is no way, there's not, it's an impossibility that there should be any, any light in Australia based on right. the globe model. And right. he physically showed the globe, showed a flashlight and said, look, here I am. Here's Yorkshire. Here's the dude in Australia. The guy in Australia should never have had any light, a scintilla of light. It should have been completely opaque and dark, and that wasn't the case. Yep, yep you're absolutely right. The, uh, the light system for the globe does not allow for that. However, the light system in a flat, sort of enclosed model, if the light's reflecting off of some other surface, there's a high, much higher degree of something like that happening to where we would eventually discover it. And again, we, we just haven't, most of the population that's out there just hasn't seen the forest for the trees. No different than the pilots. You know, because well, I get that email a lot. It's like, oh, all the pilots have to be in on it. It's like, no, no, they don't. Because if you're conditioned, since you're six years old to believe in a globe, and you are flying in a plane at 30,000, 40,000 feet, and you see a flat horizon all the time, every time, then you've got a weird paradox going on because yes, you only see a flat horizon, but you've known since you were a child that it's not flat, it's a globe. So which one are you going to believe? Well, it's a push, it's a draw. So as long as you land and nobody dies and everything was great, you're going to go with the globe. It's like, all right, you know what? It doesn't matter for me right now, by the way. And I should, let me, let me address that real quick because that question sure. eventually comes up and it'll be in your chat room. It'll be on phone calls, which is people say, what does it matter? Why does it matter? Well, you know, I still have to go to my crappy job in the morning. My wife doesn't listen to me, and my kids are just idiots. So why does it matter if it's a globe or if it's flat? And I would say this. It doesn't matter until the day it becomes real, meaning I could tell you, Fred, that right now I could say I have a sneaking suspicion, you may, if, you're, if you are, I'm not trying to offend you, that you're adopted. Mm-hmm. 
right? And you're going to go, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going, and then I'm going to start, just start building up case files next to me. Yeah. Like, look, I, yeah. I've talked to some of your previous teachers. I went to the hospital. I, you know, I've got yeah. these weird birth records going on and on. And it just starts stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. I'm going, I think you're adopted, right? And you're, just, you're going to say, no, that's ridiculous, right? But the yeah. second you flip over, the second you start thinking, wait a minute, maybe I am adopted, then it really, really rattles you to your core. Up until that point, yeah. you could, it's like it doesn't affect your daily life until yeah. you flip, until you all of a sudden start going down that road. And once you go down that road, then all the memories you've had going all the way back to when you were six years old, you have to reevaluate them. Meaning, you know, it's, like, oh, it's like, wait, wait, I remember that globe in my classroom. Wait, how did I know it was a globe? Wait, what do I really, where am I? And, and then you lose sleep for two weeks, and then next thing you know, you're emailing me. So that's, like that's why it matters. Lives, our whole lives were based on lies. That's why it matters. And, right. uh, you know, going back to what you guys were talking about, about D Marble's channel, it's D period Marble on YouTube, in case somebody wants to check it out. It's a great channel. Uh, the experiment that he's done and that many people have done, in fact, this entire way the whole truth is coming out could not have been done at any other time in history because it really yeah. relies upon things like the easy-to-use cell phone cameras most of us have and social media and the Internet. These things make it possible for us to talk with people in, in the U.K. and compare what the moon is doing at the exact same time and film it and share it in a live video yeah. in real time. Yeah. And it's amazing. I'm so happy to be really part of this because we can all do real science. It's not just the guys in the white lab coats. I'm a scientist. Mark's a scientist. And he said you're a scientist too. We all really are scientists. You don't need a degree to, to use the practices that are supposedly supposed to be used in real science. Amazing, amazing guys. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's there's so much to talk about here, and I don't want to make it too too lengthy because this is such a good introduction uh, to have you both on at the same time. But uh, we didn't really get into any because I didn't have a conversation with you, Mark, and like where did yeah. we come from, or where did our group come from, and just a little little short encapsulation of of how we've been doing the show. Uh, this is our 517th uh, podcast. <laughs> wow. We've been wow. doing it for 10 and a half years. And uh, this is before Flat Earth, before, I mean, any number of things have happened over, over that length of time. But we all got together behind to support the late Aaron Russo's documentary, America, Freedom to Fascism, mm-hmm. which you may or may not have heard. But, but it came out in 2006. Theatrical release uh, in, uh, in in the summer of 2006. It was in screening uh, during the spring, the winter and spring of 2006. And uh, by default, through things that I did and and Steve and others on this on this call, we all became activists in various states all across the country. And I, by default, became the national volunteer coordinator. We had daily conference calls, weekly conference calls, state conference calls. We used Gmail accounts, global accounts, I mean, central accounts, and it just took on a life of its own. I mean, you're screening this thing all over the country, and it just took off like crazy, just over that one little documentary, inside of which Dr. Ron Paul, there's a little cameo appearance of Dr. Ron Paul in that movie, 
and we all got behind that. And so this call technically after I dropped off uh, supporting the documentary after a year of a lot of work, uh, Steve asked me to moderate this show if he created the website with Betty and blah, blah, blah. So we've been doing this every Thursday just as a labor of love. That's great. That's awesome. And, and, I, and I, many had, different, I had seen part of it. Yeah, many different projects over the years that we've been part of, but uh, this flat earth thing really takes the cake. <laughs> it is so huge. Fred, Fred, universal. This is Steve. I'd like to, I'd like to give a shout uh, if I could real quick, but uh, yeah, we have we have been fighting a lot of the lying that uh, that's been going on for a long time, and and as uh, Fred had mentioned, we have been very aware of 9/11. That was one of our our biggest fights for 9/11 truth, but also about the moon, about the lying that was done with that. And Fred, I'd like to queue up. Uh, I was looking in the can for one of our uh, audio we had from back in 2009. It's hard to believe that this is actually eight years old, but I'd like to run a clip that we had on our show. It's very short, so here's what here's the uh, the content of the clip we had eight years ago. Here we go. Okay, okay. <laughs> you are listening to American Underground Network. The following television news clip is from the summer of 1969. Peter, uh, generally, of course, everyone is claiming to the heavens with uh, space feet, but naturally you can't please all the people all the time. And at Meridian, Connecticut, a man called the newspaper there, the morning record, complained that he had looked all over his radio and his television dial and he couldn't find a single baseball game. All he could find was something about men going to the moon, and he thought it was just a lot of nonsense. Fortunately, not many people think that way. Been a Mets fan. <laughs> it's very tempting, of course, to speculate about going beyond the moon, uh, further into space. The following news clip from the summer of 2006 reported that NASA had lost all the moon landing video from Apollo 11. NASA says it's lost the historic original tape of Neil Armstrong's first steps on the moon. The 1969 TV broadcast was seen by about 600 million viewers. The space agency says that footage is most likely misplaced in its vast archives at the Goodard Space Center in Maryland. This is Steve with American Underground Network. The previous audio clip you just heard was a newscast reporting that NASA had misplaced all the moon video, the landing of Apollo 11. This is very strange indeed, and also this clip is totally removed from the Internet. You cannot find this today. I would strongly recommend each and every one of you please take the time to Google and watch the video, What Happened on the Moon. Please share this information with as many people as you can and pass this on. Get people to watch or purchase the movie, What Happened on the Moon. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's Is that uh, it. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I like that. And it reminded me of as I was I was listening to it because I have I have heard some of that before. Is 
is that flat Earth answered for me. If you're a moon conspiracy guy, if you're into the whole Apollo 11, well, all the Apollo missions were a bunch of crap, then this will answer a burning question for you, which was why. Yeah, you know, I, I, I never believed it. For, you know, I watch this stuff. I've, I'm a big movie guy, big Hollywood yeah. production guy. So and I, I'm watching this going, man, the production value just did not age well on the Apollo program. But I couldn't figure out why. I said, why? It's like, so go, go team, go USA, raise the flag, rah, rah. That's why you spend all that money. That's why you create NASA. And then when I got into Flat Earth, it hit me. It's like, ah, oh, I get you. It's not that you wanted to fake the Apollo program. You had to. If you did not fake the Apollo program, eventually you would have private corporations get involved. You had to militarize space because otherwise you, you would run the risk of the contractors that build all the parts for NASA to build their own system. And, you know, that they would do it. So you go in there, you launch, you know, a bunch of rockets right in a row. You know, it's like, oh, we went to the moon, went to the moon, went to the moon. Ah, it's gotten boring. Let's just quit. Let's just not go anymore. You make it seem so humdrum that in the 1970s, you actually could. You couldn't do it now. But in the 1970s, you could because 1970s was sort of like a sleepy type of decade where people were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, they're not going to go to the moon anymore. That's that's really what it was. Like that was it. The 1972. Yeah. I mean, when Patricia and I were down in Houston visiting the Saturn V rocket room, where they had literally the last surviving Saturn V rocket laying on its side, in this giant aircraft hangar, I realized only after we had left that what we were looking at, even in terms of automobiles, was considered an antique. Yeah, you know, this thing was over 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And to hear, to hear this, you know, 50 years old, it might as well have been a classic car in a museum because no, we never had anything that big or that productive since. And so, yeah, the, the moon mission, that's the first thing you have to let go of. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I know. Look, I'm in America. I shouldn't. You know, I'm not going to burn the flag yeah. or anything. But that's the first thing you have to let go of. And people say, what are you saying? You're saying the Americans didn't go to the moon? I'm going, oh, no, no, it's way worse than that, my friend. What I'm saying is, is that the entire NASA program was built from block one to yeah. keep this thing a secret. There's nothing real about it. And they said, well, you couldn't, all those NASA employees, they, they'd have to know. It's like, no, 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 no. The only guys that had to know in NASA were the telemetry guys, some of the software guys, and the high brass. All the wrench turners, they didn't have to know anything. It's compartmentalized. So if you're building a fuel system for a rocket, hey, great, fantastic. You or your father or your father's father build a rocket system. You know, the rocket was they rockets lifted off. That's not the that's not the the point. The point is is that when they lifted off, they were completely empty. Nobody there was nobody in those rockets, and they just curved over the ocean and splashed down because you weren't going to see them anyway. And then they just sent you transmissions, and why wouldn't you believe it? NASA's not going to lie to you. They wear white uniforms. They don't carry guns, and they smile for the camera. They're perfect in that regard. But uh, sooner or later, there was going to be so many nerds on the Internet that they were going to figure some of this stuff out. And that's where we are now. Oh, sorry, that's my little ramble. Can, can I ask him something, Fred? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah hi. Hi, this is Dee Dee again. Um, when hi, I, Dee Dee. Sorry. I was off the call for a little while because my phone did something weird. I couldn't get on anywhere. It was weird. So I, you may have covered this, but... It really was profound for me at the end of your two-hour and five-minute video that I listened to. I guess it's two years old now. 
Uh-huh. So you said when you said don't talk about flat earth, just find out about these questions that you are being hidden, wealth is being hidden, and they're hiding God from you. <laughs> right. And I thought right. that and was really amazing. I was yeah, I was trying to what I was trying to do was it was sort of a rally cry, and I didn't know really know where I was going to go with it. But yeah, they're hiding everything they can from you, and and it's not like they hid it in the first place. They just found it and decided to keep it hidden, if that was possible. Uh, and, and when it comes to the hiding God thing, which is why somebody took the videos and they created its own video called They Are Hiding God with the Greatest Lie Ever, and it's got uh, 2.7, 2.8 million hits, which is, I don't even know the guy, never met him in my life, is that if this place was built, here's, here's one of the big things, is that if this place is not a globe, if it's not this organic structure that science says it is, if it's not an accident, that means if it was built. If it was built, it was created, if it was created, it's a creator. Am I saying there's a handprint of God somewhere on the side of this thing? No, I am not. But Because I'm not so arrogant as, as to say that, because who's to say that there isn't another advanced civilization between us and whatever, you know, the, and the divine? I don't know. But at the same time, it's the closest thing we have to it. Remember, all the major religions of this world have all been looking for the same thing, which is the, the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant. And, you know, is the structure, is the enclosed world, is the flat earth that absolute proof of intelligent design? No, but it's one step closer to it, and that's what everyone, you know, everyone is, would gravitate towards that. Yeah, and you said in 1956 the government found proof of God through science. And it's... That was what was I thought was really interesting, and it and was. If that is true, yeah. If it's, if, let's put it this way: there's only two conspiracies out there that are bigger than money. One, it, one of course, is the shape of your world, and what, it, what the other is what happens when you die. And since they, we haven't had anyone that's come back, you know, from from the afterlife, the, you know, we're we're leaning towards this one because what I mean is it's bigger than money. Is that you can't. We all know greed and power and corruption, they rule this world. It all comes down to to assets, and resources are a big, big thing. So if you're telling me that every country in the world decided to walk away from billions of dollars in resources voluntarily, uh, for what what reason? Uh, There's only one reason, and that's because it, the alternative is some, there's something out there so big and that, that what it is is the edge. And, and I don't mean a hard edge, not like one of those cosmic waterfall things. I'm just mean the outer boundary of our world. And I'm not saying it's the coastline of Antarctica, which lots of people confuse it as. Uh, the coastline of Antarctica, yeah, it's a high wall of ice, but it's not that high. You can fly right over it. I'm saying <laughs> that eventually if you kept your plane going in one direction, sooner or later, and it may take a long time, you're going to find something, you know, you're not going to be able to go any further and, and the maps aren't going to make sense anymore. And that's going to screw up your reality and you're not going to be able to take it and you're going to try to tell people and they just can't have that happen or let that happen. So that's why they sealed off Antarctica. At the same time, they announced the, uh, the Van Allen radiation belts, 1959. That was when the world changed officially for me. Yeah, so, oh, thank you. Right. Oh, yeah, no, happy to elaborate. No, 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 no. Okay, real, real quick, going, getting back to Admiral Byrd. Uh, yeah. When he was appearing on those, on those, um, the, the long jeans hour with those two gents uh, back, yeah. back in the fifties, uh, yeah. there was almost a, 
uh, now that we know kind of this overview of, of all of this research on flat earth, you yeah. can kind of read between the lines and, and speculate that he really had a glimpse and saw for his own eyes something really, truly massive and big and amazing. Yeah, yeah. He was very palpable. Yeah, yeah. He knew something. And what we're talking about, yeah. you guys can look this up, but it's not, this, none of this stuff is secret information. You can just go online and type it into Google or YouTube or whatever. But if you're on YouTube, type in uh, Admiral Byrd uh, interview. That's probably the easiest way to do it. The show name was called the Long Genes Chronoscope, L-O-N-G-I-N-E-S Chronoscope. I think it was based off of a watch manufacturer. And it was the 60 minutes of his day, and it was in 1954, and we were lucky to get it from the CBS affiliate. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the footage is actually very, very good. I mean, it was like straight yeah. out of the studio footage. It was excellent. And he comes on, and he did not, at that point, remember, it was 1954, and he hadn't gone on Operation Deep Freeze yet. But he was under the impression that there was a big chunk of land. And remember, he was like the world's leading explorer. And he's mm-hmm. basically saying, look, there's a chunk of land out there that's bigger than the U.S. because that I haven't even seen yet. And, and that's pretty amazing considering he had already been down there for 20 years. So he, he had kind of had an idea. Now, was it a chunk of land that was bigger than the United States or was it just the illusion of a, a chunk of land that was bigger than the United States? And as he tried to close in on it, you know, did he, he come up short? He's like, holy smoke, it's a mirror image. The dining room doesn't go into the next room. It's actually just a, a, just a mirror. We don't know. But, yeah, at that point, which is also, I think, the reason why his death was premature, because he was too comfortable in interviews. He, for a military guy, we're talking a full-blown yeah, admiral yeah. here, for a military yeah. guy, he was pretty forthcoming about stuff. Yeah. Even in that interview, he was talking, like, here's all the resources, and he's like, and there's uranium. I'm going, dude, uranium wasn't even a real term back then in 54, and you're talking about this? He's going, well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say uranium. <laughs> you already did. That's national television. You already did. So I'm sure when they were thinking about they must Richard have Burger, freaked out. They must have really well, freaked out over that. They're like going, you know, maybe after this tour, we should just retire him. And you know what I mean by yeah. that. So he goes back oh, to Massachusetts, yeah. and he has a heart attack in his living room and dies. I'm sure it was very peaceful. I don't think it was anything weird. But at the same time, he had done everything that they wanted him to do. It, he yeah. said, you know, he flew around for 30 years in the snow looking for something, looking for the boundaries. And once he found one part of it, then the space, then the technologies took over. Then they started firing atomic weapons straight up <clears throat> for three years. Then the Russians were in bed with us. And then it was really, it was the, the cover-up couldn't have happened without Russia. Don't think, I don't care what you hear about in the news, don't think for a second that the Soviet Union, now Russia, and all the other fragments is, uh, are our enemies. They are not. They are our okay. secret, secret brothers in the background. Yeah, They had to be because, they, in fact, it came down to, remember, the Russians were ahead of us in the quote-unquote space race for years. And then we took over, and that's because, remember, the, Russia, the big flaw in the Russian system is, is motivation. Since it's not based on a reward basis, they, uh, you know, Hollywood took over. Hollywood is all about making money. Hey, let's see how we'll make space movies. And once they got Stanley Kubrick involved and yeah. commissioned him to start doing his thing, 
then the Americans took over. So yeah, the Americans, the Russians that were were right there with each other uh, for long to, to where even now, like for example, little little thing. I don't want to go off on a tangent. All the the space stuff now. Remember how they used to do splashdowns in the ocean? They don't do splashdowns yeah. in the ocean anymore. They always do. Always. I don't care what country. They always do splashdowns in Russia, in some remote field in the middle of. I don't know wherever you know because they got lots of land no one can access <laughs> because yeah because they control the airspace and there are gunships yeah. everywhere when this thing comes down because they don't want anyone doing anything the press is completely locked out because if you do a splashdown in the ocean nowadays I mean you, there's so many super yachts out there it's like hey let's go watch the splashdown yeah that's what yeah. you know want to happen because you don't want to let people know you know you want cracks in the uh, in the curtain anyway. Oh my God. They're wanting to put. Uh, they're wanting to put. The Chinese are going to be doing a moon landing, I say, um, pretty soon. So, right. I mean, I know that's right. not really ever going to happen, but you're talking about the Russians working hand in hand with us, and oh, yeah. the Chinese as well. They're facing it too. So, uh, yeah. Every every space agency at the top level, and I'm not saying that. Again, it's all the, the wrench turners don't know. But yeah, the highest levels, JAXA, the Chinese, the Indians, the Europeans, the Israelis, the Russians, they all blueprinted off of NASA and partially the Soviet Union. Honestly, NASA was the one, though, that, that wrote the, the official book on how to fake everything. And, but they got scared because the technology, what happened was the Internet. The Internet got fast and it got good really, really quick because it was nerds feeding off of each other. So now, you know, private corporations really took the internet and software to a new level to where it just takes one poindexter in the middle of Nebraska at three in the morning to watch some, you know, space footage. And if something's wrong, something doesn't make sense. Hey, that coffee cup moved and that guy didn't cross the room and it's over there now. They're going to point it out. All they have to do is take a screenshot of it, throw it, you know, blog about it and it's out there for good. And that's why they've had, that's why, for example, it took them so long to produce a second picture of the Earth. I mean, they went 43 years between blue marble shots. That's, it's two generations of people. That's Wait a minute. In 72, it was 43 years? Oh, yeah. You we can look it up. It. No oh, one noticed. Yeah, well, nobody knew it. Oh, In fact, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a coincidence. That didn't even happen until we started talking about it. The summer, the late summer of 2015, to where uh, you can look this up. The, in fact, we knew, we only knew this it was confirmed, they just handed it to us, where uh, Obama comes out to the press conference, Neil deGrasse Tyson tweets it, NASA tweets it. The, second, the first blue marble shot was taken by Apollo 17, 1972. The second one was the summer of 2015 from a satellite that we never even heard about. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, the second blue marble shot, here it is. I know it's really cloudy and it's kind of fuzzy and it should be HD, but it's not. All right, that's it. Yeah. That's all. And then that was it. And now then they released the um, – then they said, oh, yeah, we've got a, a satellite that's going at a million miles uh, a million miles away, but the frame rate is ridiculously low, and they won't even say who's, who's, who's running it. It's okay. sad. So. And they, they, all, they have different – for example, they had the uh, Russians landed on the moon supposedly with a probe back in right. 1976, the Luna 24. The, that looked different than when China did it. Uh, they did a moon landing there. And it always just looked different. And you can't write it off to cameras are different because the moon is the same thing. But it right. just looks... And everything that they land on the moon, when they show it in action, moving about, it looks like a child 
a really cheap child's toy. It doesn't look like something that that is even real. Of course, right. it isn't real. It is a model. They look like models. They do look like models. To Patricia's point, though, because I had forgotten about this, the reason why a lot of people should, again, it's, it's not ancient history, but you've got to ask yourself why the space race stopped. You know, it wasn't yep. like a winner-take-all space race. It was like the Americans got there, supposedly, in 1969, and then the Russians, who had supposedly a more advanced program, just shut it down. And you're going, yep. and, and we, in America, it's like, well, they're losers. They just walked off the field. And like, what? Yeah. No, that's not how it works. Well, the, at that point, it would have been like, we have three people on the moon. You have four. We have a small moon base. You have a medium-sized base. And then Time Magazine runs a story, will the Cold War extend to the moon? We know how it was supposed to go, but it didn't. Um, and the reason is, from what Patricia was just saying, which is the problem there is you have to have both stage productions be identical. And they couldn't figure out a way to logistically pull that off. Meaning yeah. you have a soundstage in the United States that's doing its moon yeah. footage and you have to have yeah. one in Russia. Well, what are the odds that both of those are going to get everything exactly? Even if the ash on the ground is different colors, you're going to run into it. And it, it, I mean, it'd be a nightmare. We don't even do it in Hollywood today, have multiple studios shooting the same thing in different locations. You, you cannot do it. And so they just said, you know what? Let's let America's going to run with it. We'll say Russia bowed out and they never went back. And nobody's ever set foot on, you know, on the moon since. But now so much time has gone by that you'd think that, that more people would ask. Like, hey, why hasn't anyone ever else gone? You know, it's gone. Um, what about the whole space race thing where, I mean, on Earth, we're fighting like cats and dogs with other countries. But on the right. International Space Station, we've got the Russians, we've got the, the U.S., you know, just getting along totally just fine. Why, why right. can we, it, it absolutely makes no sense. Right. Go ahead. Some people think that, that it's, they shut that down because of the coming nemesis system, you know, that includes Nibiru and the, and the, and the red dragon planet, the red planet, oh, the destroyer. Sure, sure, sure. But Russia and China are both preparing, he have prepared hugely for that. And sure. that was one of the reasons I thought they shut down the space program, because there's a big cover-up on that whole subject. It's huge. The, well, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, prepare. let's put it this way. Any preparations that the government has made as far as long-term survivability isn't for Nibiru as you know it. Meaning yeah. Nibiru, look, I, I was a big Nibiru guy for a bunch of years, right? But that's hey, not that's even the idea. problem. That's not even the problem planet in this in this system. But go ahead. Yeah, but in this case, they would prepare for something much more intimate, much much worse. And that is, let's put it this way: if we are part of an enclosed system, if we are part of a, a flat world, we are also not the first civilization. It's not a one-off. We all know this. You know, there's old civilizations that we have no records of. That are buried under sure. the oceans, you know, off of Japan, off of India. You know, how old are the pyramids? How, you know, the Bosnian pyramids haven't even been unearthed yet, and so on and so on. So, if that's the case, that means that the civilization had to transition off before we got in, which means eventually the new guys are going to want to get in here, whoever that may be, and we will have to be transitioned off to somewhere else. And you know, the governments would have to brace against that potentially, even though you, know, you probably shouldn't. The you know that is a natural reaction. So I, let's put I, and again I don't want to poo-poo anything. You know when when people say oh Nibiru might be if I see anything in the sky that even resembles a cataclysm, 
I will be looking for the the wires. I will be looking for the light show uh, because yeah. if it's an enclosed world, then space is not what you think it is. Yes, that's the reason I thought that the flat Earth when I started exploring it uh, through through Steve primarily was interesting to me because I knew about these other things and how China's built this huge multi-million person town that's just sitting there empty waiting for this system and Russia's dug into a mountain and you know and so I thought wow how interesting if they stop the space program because there is a dome then what what are they doing that for still well you can programming well yeah programming as well oh yeah yeah Yeah. sure why not but but you're also killing two birds with one stone meaning you can you can tie it to some sort of Nibiru thing no Nibiru was a great story I loved it very intriguing but oh yeah, well, they, they, NASA's been looking at it since 1979. So you know you, you have to kind of look at why. Are, what, what are they, What's really the truth on it? So I was interested to hear your your feedback on. It. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great story. Meaning, think about this. Some are better than others. Some some NASA stuff is really <laughs> really terrible. Some of their other plot lines though are really really good. But don't forget the underlying subtext or anything you ever see. Meaning. Uh, you you all know you you're in the conspiracy world. You know this as well as anybody. Hey, there might be a face on Mars. That's pretty interesting, right? But you're thinking the second you think about the face on Mars, you're thinking about it from a globe. Hey, there might be a hexagon on top of Saturn from a globe. We're going to reclassify Pluto from a globe. That spot on Jupiter doesn't look right. Eh, it's a globe. You just keep doing that over and over and over again. And the Bureau thing was great because it lasted a long time. It's like. Hey, what if we what if we put out there that there's this rogue solar system? I'm sorry, we're part of a binary star system. That's really what they're saying. Well, trinary now they're saying, you know, because of that. Okay, buy or try, and that this thing's coming in, and eventually, you know, comes in every so often, and you know, the myths and legends are tied to it, and it gets, you know, it destroys, you know, destroys things. Now, you still, you know, we maybe have to run into some sort of cataclysm eventually, and we all know that the the world has been terraformed several times over. There's all sorts of things sure. in weird places that shouldn't be there. We all yeah. get that. But if you're going to be doing some sort of terraforming, you still, having the myths and legends still uh, still works, but it's yeah. still a light show. It's no different than if you're at a planetarium, right? And you all of a sudden make the, the moon go red and put like a little crack in it in the planetarium. And then underneath the seats, you have it start vibrating, right? It, you could do it just like that from a, from a really grand standpoint. I mean, look, simulations that we have out there work really, really well. Oh, I'm just God. That, yes. <laughs> if, you see, if you see something in the sky, it's probably not a real planetary body, but, but the, the, the light show and the fireworks may be very real, depending on how they, they pull this off. I'm skeptical now only because, like, look, it's 2017. I do. There, I, there are entire half, you know, like months and months go by, and I don't even think about Nibiru anymore. Uh, you know, well, that, yeah, how the, long the, the window is 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 you know, if, if nothing has happened by October the twelfth, then it's not going to, because we're still in that window according to recent research, and it's huge. Well, uh, and I'm just, I, I'm again, just sort of saying, I stay sacredly neutral with the idea of it, just like I was with flat Earth. But at the same time, the flat earth thing makes a lot of sense to me. And so I'm kind of sliding a little bit more toward the edges. Oh, no, no, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I still, and Patricia will back me up on this, I, there are still some things. If you want to turn, I still think flat earth is just the, the frame for a much, much bigger canvas. Oh, which sure, is, yes. Which is, if you want to flip flat earth or turn it into a certain direction or, or, or make people open-minded to things that's one way to start but eventually you have to create 
it is, and the list is very, very short, uh, some sort of celestial event, mm-hmm. be, it, be it good or bad, you know, it could a right. giant golden egg spaceship lands in Africa, or, you know, very peacefully, and there's a message and flowers and stuff. Or, you know, do you all of a sudden split open part of the sky and simulate something coming out of the Milky Way? You could do all yeah. sorts of fun things. So, yeah, Project Blue Book and all that sort of thing. Oh, oh, oh Blue Beam? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue the, Beam, yeah. Don't, don't get me started on that. We've yeah. got the tech. We've got some wonderful tech out there. We can create some amazing things. Can you do it everywhere simultaneously? You, you might not even have to. The best part about what they've created now, what they've helped or just let get to this point, is social media. That's the part that you absolutely needed before you made your move, meaning uh, high-speed Internet wasn't enough, uh, and, and getting everybody a computer wasn't enough. It was getting social media in your hands to where you had high-speed, wireless, in-your-hands communications to where when the emergency alerts go off, you can spin the story. You know how it goes. Uh, you know, everybody get their stories straight. You can spin the story perfectly, and everybody gets the same story in 15 minutes or less, or your pizza's free. And when they do that, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the dissension will be minimal because everyone will be walking around. Yes, have you heard? Yes, I have heard. It was a rogue planet that, you know, and they'll be reading their phones when this happens. <laughs> but CNN just reported it. Yeah, oh, look, Philadelphia is gone. You know, yeah, oh, whoops. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, are you in Philadelphia? No, but whoops, Philadelphia wasn't supposed to be gone in this agenda. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that, I know, that, I know. That, that everybody reads the same thing, and then once they do, oh, wow, that, I mean, that's perfect. Then, then you've got 90% of the population more or less on board. But if you try to, you know, the conspiracy people are going to have a tough time at that because everyone will just hold up their phones like, dude, it's on my phone. It's got to be real. So, Mark, 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 Mark. 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 Yeah. 9-11 was, was an H.G. Wells production, basically. It was a dress rehearsal for what could even be bigger, much more massive. I mean, oh, yeah. they well, pulled we'll, it off. We'll they pulled be... it off. They brainwashed the entire planet that uh, certain things happened on 9-11. Right. I mean, well, they've done that uh, about yeah. the globe on a much larger scale than 9-11. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, due to the globe, more people have died in 9-11 supposed deaths. You can't really point to where all the dead bodies are buried due to the globe lie. The globe right. lie has caused mental distress, death. It's hard to explain why. It's yeah. the basis for all of this messed up stuff that we all see in our society. The way money is used and funneled into yeah. things that it shouldn't be used for. People could be getting clean water and, and food to eat, but instead it's going to the space program to shoot things into the sky that arc over and go into the water again. It tricks could, people. Yeah, well, just like you told the Irma, and, and now the information is coming out that they, they did affect Katrina and Irma and all that. We know these are partly staged events, and so all the money's now going to send aid to these people that were wiped out because of the their their technologies that they create these storms and wiped out civilization sure. I mean, you know countries sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. but it's uh it is it, yeah in this case you're absolutely right 9-11 and, and just about every other they the 
we haven't had a big you know, anything big happen honestly since nine eleven. But it takes this is a this is a big big project. This is not yeah. something like nine eleven took years to 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 figure out you know to to, to prove mm-hmm. and took even more years to unravel. But when it comes to this, this has been decades and decades in the making. Ever since mm-hmm. ever since they figured it out, I think they built a plan to where you know contingent multiple contingency plans on all right. How are we going to release this to the public? And, but the bigger one, how can we use this to our advantage? And it's going to be interesting because, and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know how much longer you want to go, but I don't want to end anything like in a sinister note. But one of the side effects yeah. of of releasing or people realizing that they're in some sort of enclosed system, I hate to say it, it's like a default setting is a new world order. Because yeah. if you, you don't even have to sign on to it. It just happens. Because then all yep. of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we're all part of the same group, and and it's like it, at that point it's way way easier to say, hey, maybe we should fly one flag, maybe we should have one one currency, you know, maybe we should well, have you know one language. Mark, Mark, Trisha, just real quick, I, we want to kind of we're going to be wrapping it up in a few minutes, but uh, we always want to leave time uh, a question or two from anyone on the call who's listening. If you would like to pose a comment or a question for either Mark or Patricia, or just feel free to, to share anything you'd like uh, regarding the subject of, of the flat earth. I have a question. I have a question. Hey, Al. Go ahead. Um, I, uh, I'm working with a, a group of people who are building a private satellite system. And the satellite <laughs> system allows us to put satellites up to 16 miles into the, into the atmosphere. We don't need, we need rockets, you know, all that kind of thing. <laughs> Are they going to try and stop us from putting up these satellites? No, no, not no. at all. I'll, I'll give you a quick story. Um, I had a chance to, oh, wow, this was back in the beginning of 2016. There was a German guy that put me on a conference call, and you guys can look this up, they're real companies, uh, with the president's, uh, president and vice president of Interorbital. They're part of the yep. Google X Prize thing, right? They, they're a booster company that will put your satellite up there. You still have to build your satellite, you put it on top of their rocket, they fire it up. And what I suspected was when I was talking to him, because I, I really was curious, I said, look, if I'm right, then what I would do if I wanted to stop you guys, so you don't stop them, basically, you just, you just commandeer it. I would say you know, that I was NASA, I'd say you'd have to give me all your data, and then me being NASA, I would take over transmission, I would dump the rocket somewhere, and then broadcast the uh, whatever satellite stuff or whatever information you were going to pump out of that satellite through right. ground means, and, and, and do it that way. And I said, so do you have to report everything? You know, do you have to let NASA know? They goes, no, we don't. I go, that's interesting. And then they offered. I didn't even ask. They said, no, but we do have to give everything we have to this national organization that every country that has a space program has the same one. I go, really, what's it called? They go, it's the Atmospheric and Transportation Safety Bureau. I go, really, what does that do? And they go, well, before you send a rocket up, you have to give them at least six to eight months in advance. You have to let them know every single spec of your rocket and its payload. I mean, every little thing from the blueprints on down, you have to give it to them. And, and, you know, just because they want whatever approval process, I'm sure it's very complicated. And then I said, Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what you would do. And then the rocket goes up like normal, you know, the rocket goes up, no problem there. Satellites on there, but whatever the satellite's going to broadcast, you take you you reroute it. I mean, yeah, it costs some money to do, but it's only money, right? And you rebroadcast it from a local channel. You make sure the telemetry guys that are handling it 
uh, you know, there's very few guys that know, and that's how you do it. You commandeer basically anything that's up there. Or at the very, you know, worst case scenario, you put it up on a balloon, uh, which NASA has been doing for years and years and years, ever since the 50s. And right. if you want to absolutely point at something at a trajectory in the sky, I mean, they've been putting, I was really surprised when I saw this because they used hydrogen because it has much more lift. And they were right. putting stuff that was four tons up there and leaving it up there for a long, long time. Going four tons of the average car is only two tons. And right. it was like, that's, that's incredible. So, you know, I'm sorry, that long-winded way of answering. It's like, no, they're not going to stop you. you just not, you're not going to know that anything happened. Um, and you want the movie reference for that, this Capricorn 1, which is not – even Mission Control didn't know. And that one geek knew, and he said, hey, something's wrong. The transmission, the telemetry's all wrong. And they disappeared to him, and he never existed. So. Right. Well, at the time, this is the guy that's that build, building these things. Um, he has the largest personal liability to the IRS in the history of the IRS. Really? Trying to destroy this guy. Yes. Wow. $720 million. He also built, he also built a backbone for MCI. The guy's in his 70s. Wow. And so now his stuff is stationary, geocentric, um, GPS systems. You can send these things up for a million dollars a crack, and you can put any kind of signal you want on them, anything. TV, internet, you name it, et cetera. Yeah. And um, he's moved his operations out of the U.S. He lives in the U.S., but, he lives, but his stuff is in Britain, which won't help him at all. Um, but the thing of it is, is that as I'm listening to what you're having to say, and my, my understanding of physics and, and all the things that you're talking about, I'm flipping out here because I'm just gyrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. it's weird, man. You you want to have some fun? Look at um, time lapse footage or time lapse photographs of any rocket that's ever gone up in the last yeah. twenty years, and they all curve over way too early, way way yeah. way too early. So they're going almost horizontal within the first twenty miles uh, of altitude, yeah. and that shouldn't that shouldn't be. It's like, look, get that sucker up there, and. And I know, I know, believe me, I tried to, I tried to hammer on this thing for nine months, sat there and tried to, I was beating on my keyboard saying there's no way, I'm a sci-fi guy, there's no way this could have gotten completely past me to where I never even thought about it. And then once I realized, it's like, of course, you know, you put a globe in a classroom and you let it sit there for 12 years, no one's going to question it. By the time they get out of school, they'll, in fact, they're willing to fight for it in some cases. And, well, you know, I, I can now see. I can now understand why Galileo and the God and Man problem has been going on forever. I can see why we have income tax when it doesn't pay for anything, because people have been committed to insane asylums. They don't pay your federal income tax. Sure. Um, but who wins? At the end well, of the day, who wins all this? In in this case, uh, the powers that be do. Remember, one of the rules of power is you can't be the ultimate power. If there's somebody above you, even right. if they don't have a name. So if you are the scary, horrible government, right? And right. Whatever government is, whatever agency, I don't care what agency. Let's say it's the super secret CIA special, special branch division. It's not if you go I can walk through it in five minutes from where I am right now. I can walk out yeah. the front door and walk through it from where I am in five minutes. There you <laughs> wouldn't believe it, but, you know. No, I, I hear you. The, uh, but what, what happens there is if you are not, if there's something bigger than you, meaning it's like, yeah, I'd like to listen to you, government. You're pretty big, but, you know, somebody built this place and the wall's right over there. 
So right. I'm going to not play it too much. It's the, the same sort of tactic was used with the Air Force, which is everybody knows the UFOs are way better than our fighter planes, way, way better, right. whatever's flying up there. So right. what do you say? Well, the UFOs don't exist. You can't be the ruler of the skies if you don't control the skies. So you just say, no, no, we're, we're the best thing up there. No, that's just Venus and swamp gas and all the rest of the crap. You can't admit right. that there's somebody better than you. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, sorry, that's who wins at the end of the day. It's just you, you don't want to lose that power, uh, that control. You don't want to give people that inkling. It's like, well, you're not so tough. You know, that's the last thing they want to hear from you guys. So that's my, my call them the powers, the power, They're the powers that were. Right. My, 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 first father-in-law, my first father-in-law told me in the 70s, before I, I divorced his, his daughter, which he divorced and I can't tell with anymore, um, uh-huh. that he had part of Operation Blue Book. And he showed me pictures of things. He said, oh, how, what nice science fiction stuff. And he didn't say a word, right? Closed the book. He said, can't, you can't talk to anybody about this. Well, well, this guy's been dead for 25 years now. I was looking at him, I guess I can talk about it. I'm not sure what it means, if anything. You know, but he was a World War II pilot. He said, every time we flew out of England, the sky lit up with people, with, with all kinds of aircraft that we'd never seen before. And what were they doing? So I have no clue what they were doing there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. And, and, and by the way, to, to clarify, because I know eventually somebody's going to ask, I was like, what about spaceships? What about aliens? I'm going, I'm not saying the spaceships aren't there. You want to have fun, and I've been doing this for years now. You know, get a good pair of night vision binoculars go out to a quiet area with not a lot of light pollution and look up in the sky and tell me what you see once your eyes get adjusted. The sky is just crawling with stuff, and they're not satellites. They're roaming around. Now, does that mean they're from you – know, there's things up there. Are they from Mars and Jupiter and Venus? No. But could they be from older civilizations? Yes. Could they be from underground? Yes. Could they be from another version of this on the other side? Yes. Uh, but, yeah, there's absolutely things up there. Do I think, though, you know, if, they, you know, if they, I ever – if somebody ever comes down and gives me the Vulcan symbol, we come in peace. It's like, yeah, whatever. Not buying it. Who are you guys really? Which is why they don't land and talk to people. You'd wonder. It's like the, one of the lines the Air Force uses is, well, if they were real, they'd land on, why haven't they landed on Main Street? That's like, well, because if you do that, you're influencing way too many people. You can't just sign autographs and take some pictures and shake a few hands and leave. What do you think happens to people? It's like freak out. They start a brand new church and, and whatever landed names. So, so they did. They did that in the eighteen, you know, with, with Joseph Smith and the Mormon Church. Oh yeah, you know. oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that. Don't I'm even wondering at this point if if Smith <laughs> actually did see something and he just ran with it. It's like you know what? I got as many people as I need. Let's let's start. Let's start a church. Why not? Well, they also the Mormon Church controls, as you know, they control all of the Pentagon. They control all of our satellites. They're in the upper levels of the CIA, FBI, and NSA. And the second largest enclave of the Mormon Church happens to be where I'm sitting right now, Washington, D.C. Oh, it's, it's not like it's, like it's in Salt Lake City. They're all here. Right. You know. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, remember, this is the one of the few groups. Well, in fact, it was the only state that literally, you know, I'm not going to count the Civil War because that was a whole different thing. The only state that, that individually wanted to or tried to secede from the Union. Well, they, actually, they, they, actually, they actually faced off the U.S. government. The U.S. government yeah. sent 
50,000 troops to try and suppress the people in Utah. And it turned out that because the people in Utah sent 100,000 people at them and the government backed down. And they thought, hmm, are we going to have a constant battle like this all yeah. the time? And so if you go, if you walk out your door right now, you're in, on the West Coast. Yeah. If you walk out your door right now and go to any Mormon church, you will see one thing and one thing alone that's, that's true at every single Mormon church. Hmm. Satellite dishes. I did not Satellite know. dishes. And they can, the, the church can, can, can mobilize people. Let's say 200,000 people to Florida, 200,000 people to Texas. They did it within 24 hours. Nobody talks about it. They're that, they're that quick on their feet. So they know something, you know, that you and I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yet. No, no, no. I mean, I, in the survival manual that I give out to people for free, uh, I put a chapter in there just dedicated to them. Because, like, look, unfortunately, for better or for worse, they've got so much, so many supplies saved up that uh, they will be one of the last groups hanging I, on. I, I spent five years in the church before my wife told me she was going to divorce me. Um, yeah. And so um, looking at them, it, basically what it is is a, a Baptist wrapper, like an onion, around a mystic core, you know, and you're, you're not allowed to understand the core of what's going on. You know, um, but the fact is that 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 church is very well organized. You had to spend every weekend canning food, meats, et cetera, learning how to use weaponry. I mean, I could shoot a fly off of a a post at 30 yards without a scope, you know, um, and they teach people how to do that kind of thing. So something up, but you know, you and I are not going to know about it. I'm not going to let you know about it until until you get to the very top of it. And so I now will never get to the very top of it for fear of, my, of uh, being through a second round of divorces. I don't think I want to do that. So, <laughs> right. Right. so I think it's interesting, but I, I'm wondering if we shouldn't set up a whole bunch of these. You can take a look at them, by the way. They're on the web. Avialto um, satellite, they're inflatables. They have all the equipment that you want. And the man that I'm working with wants me to uh, find four or five hundred million dollars. It might be will not be that hard, and I can tell you where the money's going to come from. You've already heard it. I'm not going to tell you right now, but you already have an idea where the money might come from to put these yeah. things up. Um, I'm not sure if I want to do it or not. You know, I, I don't know if there's any point to it. I wouldn't. Hey, if, the earth, if the Earth is flat, Al, there's no point. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I would yeah. not. Honestly, I would not. I would not do any space ventures <laughs> at this right. juncture. Yeah. Right. It's tempting hey, as it hey, might guys, guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Any any another question? Thank you, Al, for for those comments. Anybody else a comment or a question, real quick? Well, Fred, then, uh, uh, mention, we'll mention to the guests that uh, we're gonna keep the call open. So. We've still got a lot of people okay. that, that talk with uh, Patricia and uh, Mark, but uh, our regular on-air version will end shortly, but we will still keep the call okay. open. I know there's a lot of people who want to talk okay. to you. I would like to mention one other thing, though, Fred, while I've got everybody on. Uh, Go right ahead. The, yep. the fact that this is put in our face every single day is no matter what station you put on, if you're putting on MSNBC, you always see a guest talking, and behind them is a green screen with a, a, a an office scenario where there's a globe on the uh, shelf. And if you watch Bill Maher on HBO and watch his comedy 
uh, hour, you always see the globe spinning in front of him. So you cut on CNN and you watch Wolf Blitzer, there's a, a globe that's scrolling by showing the different uh, continents and, and countries that are lighting up. This is all in our face, so much condition, and anybody that says anything about it, the first thing they try to do is try to humiliate you and embarrass you and to criticize you. You can ride down the road, and what do you see on vehicles every day that's right in your face? It's AT&T with their Globe logo. So one of the things I want to ask people is, why so much of this in your face? Friends don't expect it, and enemies wouldn't believe it. So it's, it's an overboard conditioning that's been going on for a long time, and uh, I really want to thank Mark and Patricia for their good work, what they've been doing. Oh, happy happy to help. And you'll have to come back again and see us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely, guys. Uh, and good luck down there at the conference. Again, Patricia, you said it was, uh, and Mark, uh, November uh, 9 and, or 8 and 9? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 9 and 10. 9 and 10. November 9th and 10th. That's in Raleigh, North Carolina. And yep. the, the gentleman doing, doing that uh, organization is Robbie D. at the okay. Celebrate Truth channel. You got on it. On YouTube. Celebrate Truth channel. You can find he's an organizer, very active in putting this whole thing together. That, that thing has to be really... Uh, Taking on, I mean, it's not just local, regional stuff. This is a global skill. <laughs> yeah, plane wide. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, plane wide. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And there's going to be a follow-up one in uh, London in the spring as well. Yeah, and then another one in Amsterdam as well. Right. Right. So oh it's going to be kind of a European are... one. And the big ones too, not small ones, big ones. Nope. Oh, you'll nope. you'll have to come on and share that with us, definitely. Yes, and I want to I want to book a flight over the over over Antarctica. <laughs> you can find one, Mark. Please let me know, okay? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll all hop on. Okay. Well, listen, Patricia, Peter, thank you so much. Mark Sargent, thank you so much. Please, everyone, share these links with everyone you know. Post it on social media. We hope to stay in touch with you guys, and uh, good luck at that conference uh, in November of this, this, this year. And thank you, Mark, for being such a, a robust voice for this movement that uh, is very calming. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to listen to your voice on those videos. <laughs> you are very welcome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> also, I see it's just, it's just, the seduction voice, is that what that is? There you go. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's got it down. Very well well written. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're going we're to wrap the official portion. Feel free to stay on the call and, and, and interact, whatever you want. i got to head home to get home to my family. But thank you, Patricia, again. Mark, thank you again. All right. I will, I will stay you guys. through a little bit anyway. All right. Okay. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, Didi. Thank you, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Hope, God bless. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Yep. I told Fred up this afternoon as I was coming back to the point. A U N American Underground Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.